Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 744 of the Juicebox podcast. On today's episode, we'll be speaking with Stephen, who is an adult living with type 1 diabetes, and Stephen made a major adjustment in his life, and he's going to tell us about it today. While you're listening to Stephen tell me about the thing in his life that I then recorded and gave to you, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1? Is that you? Are you one of those people? If you are, please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Join the registry. Take the survey. Complete the survey. Help people living with type 1 diabetes. Help yourselves and help the podcast. It's that easy. Takes fewer than 10 minutes. Super simple, easy survey to do t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Thank you for considering it. And now I take you into the podcast to speak with Stephen. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. The episode is also sponsored by InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. Please go to InPenToday.com to learn about the insulin pen that does much more than you might think. Hi, I'm Steven. I've been diabetic since 14. I'm now 34. 20 years. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Steven. What? I mean, I just, boom, I banged it right out like it was nothing. You didn't even like... You didn't even act excited for me. It's okay. Don't worry about I'm it. I'm sorry, dude. Yay, Scott. <laughs> uh, 20 years. You were, wait, you were, see, I, you know what I just did there? I talked myself right out, right out of listening. <laughs> <laughs> just do it again. Sorry. Just do the intro? No, or? no, no, no. Just tell me how old you are again. Uh, I'm 34. 34. And I was diagnosed at 14. Okay. Um, easy math. The easy math. It was really super easy. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be honest. What, uh, looking back now, anybody in your family have type one or other autoimmune diseases? Yes. Um, some grandparents have had diabetes either in type one or type two. My mom has type two and my sister has thyroid problems. Okay. Do you happen to know if her thyroid is called, do they call it hypothyroid or they call it Hashimoto's? It's neither of those. It's. I don't know how to explain it. It's something else. Oh, okay. All right. Don't worry about it then. I, I, she just has tons of thyroid problems. There's a lot of thyroid problems. Okay. Nothing yeah. nothing simple to put into a box. All right. Right. Um, what do you remember about being diagnosed? Um, so that I used to be really big into paintball and we, we were going with our church group to a, a paintball event and everybody knew I was the guy that played paintball. So I was really tired and lethargic that day. I was drinking a whole bunch of water. Couldn't figure out peeing a lot. Um, in the middle of one of the games, I just couldn't stand it. And I shot myself in the foot to get out. 
I was like, I've, I've got to get off the field. So I shot myself. I was like, Hey ref, I got hit. Uh, we left the field and my parents were like, Oh, there's something wrong. We need to take care of him. Um, we didn't know what was going on. It had been going on for days. Um, but my sister picked me up from paintball and we went to her work. She worked at Chuck E. Cheese at the time and I got a Coke cause I would, I needed a drink. <laughs> so I'm sucking down a Coke and, you know, still not feeling good went home and took a nap and just peed all night, all night, all night. Yeah. Did they end up taking you to the hospital or how did it go? Yeah. So that's the, 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 that night gr- grandpa was in town and he was like, why is that kid going to the bathroom so much? And so my dad went to a 24 hour Walmart and got some ketone test strips. Cause mom was diabetic, but didn't take care of herself. So uh, he had me pee on a ketone strip and I didn't know what it was. And he was like, yeah, we got to take you to the doctor tomorrow. No clue. Still not telling me what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to the doctor and they said, yeah, he needs, he needs to go to the children's hospital. So, okay, we, we pack up and we go get gas. And I, again, they're not telling me what's going on. Right. So we stop at the gas station and I get a Coke and a candy bar. Nobody's telling me that anything. We get to Children's Hospital and they finally get my blood sugar and tell me kind of what's going on. My blood sugar was at like 749. Wow. How, how like, long how long do you remember what your A1C was? No, that's, that's before I knew. Or they probably told my mom, but. Yeah, I was just wondering how long. I mean, how long did you think it was going on, like severely? Um, it had at least been weeks because I knew I came home from school one day. the The nurse thought I was sick, and I couldn't like stand up straight. I was acting kind of the drunk, mm-hmm. and my sister just kind of told me, "Hey, go to bed. You'll be okay." But I, I like physically couldn't, so I was like pacing around the house, and I got a coke because that's what we had in the house at the time. I drank a coke and felt fine, and looking back, I could see all these signs, like put it together. Wow. But then it was just like, Oh, I just needed to drink. And then I was fine. So the thirst, the thirst, the thirst. was the driving uh, the, force the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and right. I have to ask you soda, a big part of your life now, or are we done with it? How does that work? I am drinking a diet Mountain Dew as we speak. Um, but I do do a lot more water right now and green tea. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It was just a staple in your house, huh? Coca-Cola. Just yeah. Around. It just Coke was there. I mean, mom had diet Coke, but it didn't taste the same at the time. So 20 <laughs> year old diet Coke. I don't even remember right. it anymore. Right. I, I do remember it coming out and people trying it and being like, uh, like, like it, like it was fire on their tongue. But some people I knew who were older or had diabetes would drink it. That's such, it's such an interesting thing. We think about soda so much differently now. Than, yeah. than even 20 years ago. So what, so what's it like? I mean, you're 14, like you're right in the middle of puberty and everything else. What, what did they give you to manage with? Was it, did you get needles or were you doing how far ago? I was got that 20. Years? I got needles at a test strip and they, in the hospital, they IV'd me and brought what my um, hydration levels back to normal. And then they, they kind of told me I got carb counting and then they sent me on my way. That's it. Yeah. How long do you think you're in the hospital? Um, four or five days. Okay, and then it was not long. Transition to home. Do your parents help you, or do they just leave it to you? For a while, they help me, but it's more like nagging. Hey, test your blood sugar. Hey, take a shot. Um, did you take your shot this morning? Um, I love my parents, but 
they were not really into the diabetes early. And uh, that'll probably come out later in my story because I was uncontrolled for years, but it probably started there was it was like, Hey, take your shot. So you don't die. Test your blood sugar. So you don't die. But the, those things didn't sink in the, so you don't die. Didn't sink in until probably last year. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So the extent of the, and again, I don't, I don't mean to come down to your parents either, but the extent of the, the direction from them is they told us at the hospital that if you don't do this, you're going to die. So just do it. But you, yeah, you weren't. So like, mom's type two. Yeah. So it was test your blood sugar and eat, take your metformin or whatever she had at the time. But taking a shot for me and like counting carbs and finding the ratio and it just wasn't a thing tracking numbers. It was like, oh, it's a good number. I can eat or, oh, it's a bad number. I should take a shot and then eat. And that was it. It just that was it. that simple. Yeah. I listen, I don't think the technology existed and, and the understanding definitely didn't exist. I mean, it doesn't sound like it. I mean, your mom didn't understand her type two, it, right. you know, and to be perfectly honest, 20 years later, I don't know how many people understand their type two still. Um, you know, it's it, it it's becoming more and more um, understood. But I talk to people and they just don't seem to have the first idea about their diabetes. I think type one you know, they can fall into one or two categories where they get it because it's so immediate that they have to get it or they'll maybe do what a lot of people do, which is just keep their blood sugar high, but not so high that it's not going to cause them like a significant issue in the moment. And then just sort of try to, you know, hope that tomorrow never comes, I guess. Uh, Yeah. That's that second way is, is how I live or lived up until like, honestly, I found your podcast and, realized i had to get my life under control or i was gonna die oh no kidding wow i'm well i'm glad you found it that's great uh what kind of a1c's did you have over the last 19 years um didn't check very much we not not going to the doctor regularly not going to the doctor got got an endocrinologist and the guy was fantastic but he was like you got to get this under control diet and exercise have a good day and six months later, wow, you're diet and exercise. You, you're not taking care of this. Get it. Okay. So we finally does introduce me to Dexcom my first year of college. Um, and this is like the Dexcom two or whatever, the thing where you manually inserted it. And then it came with its own little thing that looked like a teardrop that beeped at you all the time. Was that, was that the f- four? How did they? Arden had it, and I don't remember how the with the designation seven seven plus. I don't remember the 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 numbering system started out oddly. Yeah, it was it was way early though. This thing was big and clunky and loud and unwieldy during class. (laughs) When it when it wanted to go off, it went off. It was the it was the one where you push down the plunger. Yes, you had to remove the safety and manually push down the plunger. Yep. Then pinch it and peel it off. That's the G four, and then the um the receiver was like an egg shape almost. Yes, oh, Arden had this. Yeah, I remember staring at that thing for a long time. Dexcom's current available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, wait, seven plus, the new Gen four sensor. You know, I have my timeline wrong. I think it was seven plus, then G four, 
if I'm, I'm going to have to check into that, but a long time ago, you had one of the very first ones. Yeah. It was still experimental. Like they, it was expensive and they were like, this, this is going to change your life, but they didn't like explain how to use it. <laughs> so it was like, Oh, you'll get your numbers. They're like, Oh, great. I don't have to test anymore. But then you had to calibrate it like four times a day. And yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think it's the G4 now that I'm looking at it. Yeah, right. It was a long time ago. Long time. Uh, 2006. 2006. And that, that was college age for you? Yes. 2006 was college. Wow, how am I? Boy, the, <laughs> the years get past me, Stephen. Like, I, I just, when you said that was college, I was like, that's not possible. He's diagnosed when he was 14. College yep. would have been four years later. And then I, I couldn't. Oh, oh boy. All right. <laughs> Don't get old, everybody. Um, so you have that. But it's, I mean, going back that far, it was better than anything that ever existed. I'll say that. Oh, absolutely. Before. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. And, the, and I remember back then being more focused on just like, well, the arrows are the important part. Like, don't worry too much about the number. Test if you want the number, but the arrows are super important. Like, it'll it'll tell you if you're falling or rising. I remember using it like that. Uh, See, mostly. you you have the wisdom beyond your years. I, as the diabetic, was like, oh, my number is good. Okay. I can eat. So, falling, rise. So, if you had an 85 blood sugar and it was two arrows up, you'd be like, it's time for lunch. Right. Yeah. I, the arrow didn't matter to me. I didn't understand, you know, rising, falling milligrams per second whatever that calibration is yeah like if i would have understood that i could have written a book back then and made made a lot of money but. <laughs> it would have been ahead of the curve that's for sure um yeah well okay so all right so you have that and you're in college so what is college like horrible <laughs> i that's <laughs> all i had um i mean that's when i kind of switched to buying insulin at walmart and because it was cheaper. I stopped going to the endocrinologist. I, I had this Dexam and every couple of months I'd have to call and get a refill prescription, but that was the extent I'd wear it. And then eventually after like a year, I got tired of wearing it because I'm a, I'm a college student and I have to carry this thing around and you don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. So I stopped doing it. So you went back to like the Walmart insulin. So you were you using a fast acting insulin and then you went then you went and used that OG Walmart stuff. Yeah. Like I had the prescription for the, the name brand, the slow acting and the long acting that you mix in the morning. And then you take the fast acting with your meals. But you know, I'm a, I'm a college student. Mom gives me money for, for my medicine. And so look, I've got all this money. I might as well get, find a cheaper medicine. And again, I don't understand my diabetes. Yeah. So it's not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you were, you had a basal insulin, a slow acting basal insulin, you had a fast acting mealtime insulin, but um, for clarity, for everyone listening, Walmart now sells, basically it's Novolog rebranded. So you can get Novolog at Walmart now, but that's only in the last couple of months that that's existed. Prior to that, what were you getting? Like, is it, was it called Novolin? What was it called? Yeah. Rely on Novolin. And that's more like um, just an, it's an older insulin. It's uh, it's like regular and MPH kind of lifestyle. Yes, it's oh. exactly like it has to be kept cold. It has to be kept like within its dates. 
And this was not directed to you by a physician. This was directed to you by your like, if I buy cheaper insulin, I'll have more cash left. Yes. And it didn't matter or to you. I much. can even buy more and it can last longer. Mm. And then, oh, then mom sends more money and you don't even need to spend it on insulin the next time. Right. Ah, look at you. Almost a genius, Stephen. <laughs> so, so close yeah. to having it figured out. Um, but you don't have any like direction from a doctor about switching back and forth between those instances because they're completely different managements. No, right? not. You just did it. I just did it myself. My own college smartest person in the world self was like, I can, I can just switch to this other thing without asking and it'll be fine. And you don't even know how it went because you weren't measuring your you weren't measuring A1C. So what were your average blood sugars like? Like your best guess? Stayed the low end was probably 230s, 240s, and then ventured up. When I when I finally started going back, I'll jump ahead and then we'll come back. Sure. And I got married and started going to the doctor again. My A1Cs were 14, 13, and then 12. Wow. So it was probably up there for the second year of college all the way until my third year of marriage. So probably good five years. Wow. And so when you think of your, like when I think of Arden's graph, when I think of like the low end, I think of 70. And when I think of the high, real high end, I think of 180. But, you know, mostly I think of 140 or 160. And when you were thinking about that, it was 230 to 40 as your low end. And yeah. then as high as it would go to your high end. Yeah. Like it would go off the off the chart, and I wouldn't even care. Be like, oh, it'll come back down later, or I'll, I'll go play water polo. I'll go play disc golf. I'll, it'll come down at some point. I'll take some insulin. And day after day after day, there was never yeah. one time where you're just like, I'm gonna just today, I'm gonna get on top. Did you have concept that your blood sugar should be lower? No, no, not really. It was keep. It was kind of keep it on the on the Palm Pilot. Keep it. Keep it within reading. If I took my blood sugar and it said high, my my meter said high to me. I was like, oh, I should probably take a shot. Hmm. Wow. And and you only started paying a little bit of attention because you got married. Did somebody like ask you to take better care of yourself or how did that even happen? Uh, I kind of just knew something was off and I've, I've been out of jobs with insurance so kind of just got out of it. And so, so as soon as I got a job that I had insurance, I was like, okay, I should get an endocrinologist and go talk to them and see, and maybe get some guidance here. Mm -hmm. I, I still don't know what's going on, but maybe I should start talking to somebody. Did you finish? And so we're in Memphis, uh, Tennessee. And I, I just one day just make an endocrinologist appointment. I'm like, okay, this is, this is what I'm going to do. Right. Was that hard? Was it hard to walk in there and be like, listen, I've been doing this wrong for a really long time. Don't judge me. Just I need to start over or. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I would imagine. It's it's very hard to walk in. The doctors are very judgy. <laughs> it, it, it was it was it to the point where it was embarrassing. You just had to overcome it. Yeah. Yeah. That's and like I, I knew none of the technology. Like I had told her I'd been on a Dexcom at one point and she's like, how long ago? And I told her same thing. I told you it was like, I don't know. It had a plunger. She was like, holy cow. Um, it's changed since then. Right. And this is only just recently that you went and did this. Yeah. That's about. 2011, 12. Am I getting my days right? 
18. Okay. 2018. 2018. Cause my, my daughter was born later that year, but you had that point had not heard the podcast. You just were like, I got no, something. I'm still, I'm still flying blind. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Hmm. Going just the back for a second. Did you finish college? I did. What'd you get a degree in? I have my degree in, uh, marketing and business management. Did you have trouble at school because your blood sugar being high or was your body used to it at that point? It was so used to it. Yeah. Like once I finally got my, my stuff in shape, I'm now gaining a lot of weight back that I had lost because my body was extremely toxic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you were, if your blood sugar was that high, you must've been thin. Actually, I would imagine. I was, Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of jealous of how I look then. It's kind of a body image thing right now. But Well, well listen, I, I'll say this. I know a lot of people think that insulin makes you gain weight, but calories make you gain weight. So, um, you know, you can take your insulin in a healthy way and and not gain weight. Um, it's just, you know, it's a matter of it's a matter of like food choices, I think. Um, yeah, you know. Uh I just think it's I just put up an episode about disordered eating, so it's in my head right now. Um it's such a weird thing uh, to talk about. It's hard to understand how a person who has a disordered eating, like how their mind even thinks about their body image and food. And um, it's just, it's a, it's a weird world that I don't think a lot of people understand. And I'm still just, every time I have a conversation with somebody just wrapping my head around it a little farther and a little farther. Um, Anyway. So, okay. So you're, I mean, Stephen, we have to get to it. It's about time, right? Like, how do you, how do you, how long, I mean, how do you get locked up? What happened? Okay. So yeah, that's actually it with this insurance. I got, I got on an insulin pump. I got on the Medtronic 770 or whatever was new at the time and um, was going along life just fine. And I got caught in something with a, a regional manager um, of a company I was working for, told me it was okay to do something. So he and I were doing it, being the best salesman in the region, and then uh, corporate calls, and they're like, "This is, this is theft. This is embezzlement." So we get we get called in, and my boss pins everything on me because we'd been using my code. Um, so I get I get the full blunt of it, and they they throw me in jail for. It's not long, but it's long enough to really have an effect on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got thrown in jail for about a week and a half for two weeks. Okay. So then uh, do you think they were trying to uh, make a point to you or do you think that that was just the extent of the punishment for what you did? Oh, they were, they were trying to make a point and an example because I'd already agreed to pay back the part that was my fault. I'd already flipped on my boss and told them his part and like I had made deals. So we had it all in paperwork. I don't know why they wanted me arrested, but they, they called in the police and had me arrested and, you know, gave that, that gives you kids that gives you years and years and years of trouble. It's not just like when you get out, you're done. There's years of cleanup afterwards. It's not worth it. It sticks to you now. And like when you apply for jobs, like people know about it, that kind of stuff. I, I kind of tell people now just as a clarifier, but I have a, had everything wiped because it wasn't all my fault. And mm-hmm. I did my community service and my time, but um, jail's not fun. And for diabetics, it's just not because they, they, they put me in cuffs and take me downtown and I've got my insulin pump on me. I've probably got 
a day's worth of insulin left in it, uh, go through holding and intake. And I've, I've still got my pump on me. Uh, they finally get me to like, take me upstairs. And they're like, what's that? I was like, Oh, it's my insulin pump. Like, you can't have that. Like, well, I got all the way through medical and all the way through intake. Like, they're like, well, we got to take it. Like, but it keeps me alive again. I don't have a lot of knowledge about this. I know it gives me insulin. I take my blood sugar and I tell it how much and it gives me insulin. Right. But you're not, I'm really dumb. You're, you're not. Well, Steven, I don't think you're dumb, but you don't, you don't have like a lot of like you, you really don't like if for having diabetes for as long as you did, like, did you know if they take that pump off you, you're not going to have insulin and you actually would go into DK. Were you aware of that, that? That is what I thought. I knew, I knew at this point, if I went too high, I peed a lot, I drank a lot and I didn't feel good. I usually ended up throwing up and sleeping for a long time. Like I knew those things, but I hadn't put, made the correlation yet. Right. Wow. That those two. So th- they, they take my pump. And I was like, well, how am I going to get insulin? But it's like three in the morning. So they don't want to answer any questions. So I go up, go to sleep. Breakfast comes the next morning. And I'm like, well, I can't eat. If I, if I eat, it's going to drive my blood sugar up. If it, but if I don't eat, it's my blood sugar is going to go down. Like, Well, yeah. I mean, listen, without insulin, your blood sugar was never going down. I would imagine that when you woke up that next morning, your blood sugar was probably five, 600 without basil for all those hours. Plus, you I mean, were probably I'll, under a ton of stress. I'll, I'll never know what it was then, but I'll know. Well, eventually, I decided I was going to eat some of the toast because that's all that was edible. And about two hours after after the meal, they call me, and I was like, oh, I'm getting out of here. And they're like, no, we're going to test your blood sugar and give you a shot. I was like, uh, okay. How long, so they test it, my, how long had it been since they took the pump off you at that point? Um, 3 a.m. to... Let's call it 9 a.m. Breakfast okay. is at 8. Okay. No, 9.30. And so my blood sugar is at, yeah, 6.35. Yeah. Ooh, my guess was right on. I'm so proud, yeah. I'm so proud of myself, Stephen. I don't know That's why. after a piece of toast. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's true. I didn't know about the toast when I guessed. All right. So. Fair is fair. I was high. Um, and then they're like, well, it's a sliding scale. We're just going to give you this much insulin. I was like, well, how do you know? I knew a little enough that my body... I'm I'm bigger guy, mm-hmm. so I'm a little type two like my mom, a little insulin resistant. I was like, how do you know that's going to be enough? They're like, well, this is just what we do. It's a sliding scale. There's no special treatments. No, just this is what we do. <laughs> this is what we do. You're thrilled. You're thrilled at that point. So then you're there for how long? Um, in in how long are you in in jail? That's the that's a week. That's a week and a half of my life. Ten days. About uh, ten days. Constantly. There's it's wake up breakfast two hours later insulin there's there's a gym time then back for lunch time two hours insulin how some old, free time two old, hours insulin how old are you at that point Stephen <laughs> um this is just a short time eighteen my daughter's three I'm I'm thirty thirty one about thirty one so twenty four. 16 you've had diabetes for like 17 years at that point and you functionally don't really understand it still yeah i still don't understand the ramifications at that point uh, any of your decisions how they could impact your your health or your life you're without like knowledge of still 
and you've been yes. to doctors and endocrinologists and lived your life. Never looked online? No, not something I was super interested in. I, I, I'm going to say it was like a constant state of denial for for 17 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I mean, I, I've heard other people say similar things, so I, I'm not surprised by that at all. Um, so every day, 10 days, sliding scale, if you would have stayed there for 20 days, 30 days, 10 years, this is how they would have managed you. Yeah, no, this is this is where some of the stories um, from my friends who actually work in other jails, they said there are there are some inmates that they're allowed to bring their own insulin, their parents or their family can bring their insulin and they can be given doctor's orders. And if you're you're isolated in the medical wing, you can have your pump, um, but they watch you. You're in isolation because they've had people try to fully dump their pump into their system to to kill themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all these stories and, and they're like, well, they don't train us. They just, they just tell you if the blood sugar is this number, you give this much insulin. So so basically, basically what you're telling me is that going to jail is almost a forfeiture, a fourth. Where'd that word go? Forfeiture. I I got it right. Forfeiture. I had it right. Steven, you got it. I I said it right. And I tricked myself. It's a, it's just a release of, of your medical care yeah like you're just saying yeah, you're uh, you're putting all your care into what what would be the equivalent of a middle school nurse and i'm not knocking them but they don't know the complexities of you know my ratio is uh, don't freak out mine's one to four right now yeah uh, but the guy next to me might be you know one to 18 mm. yeah, yeah yeah did you say don't freak out because yours is one to four yeah no, arden's is i think one it's to, arden's is one to four and a half really yeah i thought i was i thought i was super no, we just manage it probably differently. Like Arden's basil is pretty stable at one one number. Her basil is like one unit, one point one point nine in that range. Um, and then we do a lot of the management side with the the meal insulin. I'm at one point three three right now, and carb ratio at one point one to five. One to five. One point three. One to five. That doesn't sound crazy. That's not. I no. I thought it was worse than that. No, no, I I I don't even understand the concept of worse. You just you, you have a feeling in your head that the more insulin you use, the worse you're doing. Yes. Yeah, I don't think that's right, Stephen. I think you use the amount of insulin you need. That would be a. I'd try to let go of that thought if I was you. Okay. You know, I mean, that's just not. I hear that so much from adults about you know I'm doing something wrong. I'm using too much insulin or you know that kind of stuff and. You, you got to meet the need. Your body has a need for insulin. You're meeting it. That's it. I mean, I don't know your diet. I'm sure there's things that everybody could, you know, eliminate from their day-to-day eating <laughs> that would make it easier. But, you know. It, it, if 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 the diet is a, a person, I am probably the devil. I work. I'm a manager at a pizza restaurant. Oh, my God. So a lot of pizza. <laughs> I eat a lot of pizza. <laughs> Do they have cheesesteaks there? Could you have that without the roll, maybe? They don't. Wow. You poor people who don't live in the Northeast. <laughs> the, the pizza place. Listen, if you move here, your pizza place is going to have cheesesteaks, spaghetti, meatballs, pizza, you know, uh, different pastas, uh, salad, garlic knots, eh, <laughs> chicken parm, that kind of stuff. You guys got to, you know, I don't want to overrun the place, but. 
rest of you don't know what pizza is. It's not your fault. But I mean, a couple of states though, but for the most part, you guys are just, I mean, you're living like monsters with your pizza. So um, yeah, we, we don't want you to eat too much pizza. How do we get around that? Could I get you to snack on the cheese and the sausage? Maybe. Oh, I do. Uh, the the pepperoni and the salads. I'll I'll take some of our fajita chicken, heat it up, and put it on a romaine. Mm-hmm. That's nice. So, yeah. I do eat salads. It's just not as prevalent. But it's also, I'm guessing, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it's a financial thing. You work there. You're getting the pizza cheaper or for free, and it, it's, a, it's a value to eat it, like financially, yes. I would imagine. Right? And, and I can bring it home. If I don't eat my whole large pizza, I'm a manager. I can bring it home. Mm. And then it's still, it's money saved. Right. Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, Stephen, we got to we gotta do something about that, too. But um, let's find out. Well, I do, I do want to ask first. Do you, are you managing a pizza place now because the, the legal troubles kind of led you in that direction? Because it sounds like before you were doing sales or something. Yeah. Um, I was doing sales and firearms, and I was actually very good at it. But you can't sell guns with a felony. So, um, yes, kind of the job at the pizza place started as a, as a, I had this felony on my back. Um, and then while I was getting it expunged, I kind of just moved up and knew the business. I've got a business management degree. I was like, well, I might, might as well use it. You're good at running the restaurant. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. It's an easy business. I've, I've got a couple side things I do. I own another business doing laser engraving on firearms and knives and stuff but it hasn't taken off so i just kind of mm-hmm. stayed at the pizza place and yeah, it, it's a wonderful place it's just not what i wanted to do with my life yeah hey um strong possibility for your title you can't sell firearms with a felony because that's it <laughs> that'll i'll tell you what steven you're in the wrong <laughs> secondary business you should be making t-shirts and say that because <laughs> uh that's at least funny um <laughs> <laughs> I'll prove that. Uh, just it's a it's an obvious thing. So okay, so you're you're rolling along. You, I mean, it's a. I mean, you had a lot happen to you. I mean, if I'm looking at you from the outside in, you got zero chance when you're diagnosed. I mean, if your mom's not managing her own type two or understanding it, and then come nobody takes any time to figure out the type one, you're not getting that kind of information from doctors either. They're telling you things like diet and exercise, see you in six months. Like, thanks. It's great. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't, you don't have a functional understanding of um, diabetes, right. Or how insulin works or even what your goals should be. Right. It, I mean, it's, um, it, 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 it's a deep hole you're dug into a deep, deep hole. And, mm-hmm. and to, to be expected to get out of it on your own, I'll tell you right now, if I was your attorney, I would have argued your blood sugar was so high that you weren't in your right mind, and I probably would have got you out of jail on that one, you know, because you're altered, and you don't even know it. You know, your brain is not is not at its best when your blood sugar is high like that for, for such a long time. I'm wondering, um, when you find the podcast, is that about a year ago now? Yeah, so um, a lady at church had her daughter uh, diagnosed with diabetes. And so we just kind of connected and she's like, well, you got to listen to this podcast. And I was like, yeah, I'm, okay. I'll, I'll look into it. And I, you know, roll my eyes quietly. And then the next day I'm like, well, juice box, I'll look it up. And I started listening 
and uh, it was it was the first episode you did with Arden where she was there and I was like okay this is kind of entertaining and I started going backwards wait you you heard meet Arden first yes oh you haven't even like you haven't been listening to for that long at all that might have only been like six months ago right Wow. I probably have it in my app, the first one I listened to. Well, I can look at it too. But then I, I went from there and just went back to the beginning. I mean, I went and started looking for your blog and looking for I was like, this guy, he's he's telling me things I didn't know. He's telling me things I'm not sure the doctors know. <laughs> wow. Steven, I got it. So first let me tell you that. Uh, Arden's episode called Meet Arden is episode 517. It went up on August 2nd. That's maybe six months ago. Wow. Not not long at all. So did Arden save you? Like, did her just like, <laughs> you know, if I told I, her that, she'd be like, oh, tell the guy to leave me alone. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, you could tell her that it was it was the entertainment and then there was enough value in it that it, it made me go backwards no and just a few episodes in, I joined the Facebook group. And then after that started asking questions and seeing people's numbers. And I was like, I got to get back on the Dexcom and good for you, man. You got a Dexcom G6 now. Yes. Good for you. Oh, that's excellent. Are you pumping or are you still shooting? I'm pumping. Um, T slim. Are you, I, like I, you? I wanted do what? Are you using control IQ? I am. Oh, good for you. It, it, seriously, is your A1C in the sixes now, or where are you at? Ooh, you're close. Am um, I? It's 7.4 Man, uh, three weeks ago. Congratulations. That's and wonderful. It was, it was 7.1 six months before that, and it only went up because of the holidays, and I, yeah. Steven, but, can I tell you something very unexpected? Go for it. I feel like I'm going to cry. <laughs> I I told myself if I made it through this without crying, it was going to be a thing. Because now, if we jump back to that right before then, um, that episode is when I almost died. No, oh, okay, hold on. I didn't mean to skip <laughs> that. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so before I found your podcast, like right before, um, we're living where we're living now, and I have to go to work early in the morning. I wake up. And I feel weird, but it's not like, I don't know. It's not out of norm. I think it's just early morning. I go into my daughter's room and I start telling her, hey, have a good day. I'm going to go to work. You know, be good for mommy. And this is all secondhand afterwards, kind of. I don't really know what I'm saying. My wife is telling me this story later. She said, you weren't saying those things. You were blabbering and uncoherent and you weren't saying words and Alyssa my daughter was yelling for mom she's like what is daddy saying he's he's going crazy uh was, got out you know apparently I muttered the word work and I tried to stand up and my wife pushes me down and she's like no you're not going anywhere hmm. and calls my mom and my parents are now really involved now by the way but no calls my mom and she's like, well, what do I do? And she's like, test his blood sugar. And she finds a test kit somewhere in the house and 
you know, I'm trying to leave for work. She pushes me down again and gets my blood sugar. I'm at 21. Oh, gosh. And she gets some honey under my tongue. And I was like, no, I got to go to work. And she's like, you don't know what's going on. You got to sit down. Right, right. Well, we go back pizza and, then, Steven, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened was I got up in the middle of the night because I was feeling weird. I tested my blood sugar. And when I look at the history, it was 35. And without even thinking, I went, oh, I'll be fine. And I fell back asleep. Wow. Yeah. You weren't fine already. Yeah. And and you slept all night at a blood sugar like that low. Well, I think I think it was like 4 a.m. when I woke up at 35. And then I had to be to work. I had to leave for work around 630. This so is two, two hours later. Is this on the control IQ? No, no I'm. No. this is like right before, literally right before I get the next comment in the pump. Okay, okay. This was the final straw that it was like, I'm hypoglycemic unaware and I need something to wake me up. Wow. And I'm like, I'm like shaking now. Wow. That's, that's. Gosh, you're lucky. When you have diabetes and use insulin, low blood sugar can happen when you don't expect it. Gvoke Hypopen is a ready-to-use glucagon option that can treat very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with pheochromocytoma or insulinoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. Today's episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. InPen is an insulin pen that offers some of the functionality that you've come to expect from an insulin pump. I know you're thinking, oh, Scott, please tell me more. Well, I will. Yes, the InPen is a pen, but it also has an application that lives on your smart device. This app shows you your current glucose levels, meal history, dose history, an activity log, glucose history, active insulin remaining, a dosing calculator, and reports that you and your physician can use while you're trying to decide what your next step is. Well, 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 it's not just an insulin pen. Now is it? InPenToday.com. That's where you're going to find out more information and get started. If you're ready to try the InPen, just fill out the form at InPenToday.com or do some more reading. There's actually some videos you can check out too about the dosing calculator, the dose reminders, carb counting support, and the digital logbook. So if you want to lighten your diabetes management load, but you're not ready for an insulin pump, InPen is probably right for you. InPenToday.com. InPen also offers 24-hour technical support, hands-on product training, and online educational resources. And here's something else that you'll find at InPenToday.com that is actually very exciting. Now, this offer is for people with commercial insurance, and terms and conditions do apply. But you may pay as little as $35 for the InPen. And that's because Medtronic Diabetes does not want cost to be a roadblock to you getting the therapy you need with InPen. $35. How crazy is that? InPenToday.com. InPen requires a prescription and settings from your healthcare provider. 
You must use proper settings and follow the instructions as directed, or you could experience high or low glucose levels. For more safety information, or to get started today, you can go to InPenToday.com. I was on my way to death's door. Yeah, you didn't have a seizure, though. No. Well, not that I could recognize. Hmm. It's probably the closest thing I've understood. Because most of my my experience had been high. It was pee a lot, drink a lot, throw up, take a warm shower, drink a lot of water, and take a nap. Stevie, and I'd like, be fine. Your life has changed completely in the last six months, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Com- absolutely. If I If I even got you on here a year ago. And I said, tell me about your diabetes. You wouldn't even know to tell the stories that you've told. No. No, you would just be like, I like, can you can you put into words what you would have said a year ago about diabetes? Like before you no. knew all this and knew to pay attention to what you're pay atten- paying attention to now. If I said to you, oh, you have diabetes. What's that like? What would you have said? I, I sometimes test my blood sugar. I take a daily shot every morning and I. I eat one I want and I try to count and shoot for it. That's it. That's the whole That's thing. it. No shit. Wow. And look looking back, it's the worst thing in the world. And I I would really rather my episode be a, a cautionary tale. Oh, I think it like, is, Stephen. Don't worry. For education. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't worry. I think you're covering all the bases on that one. I think people are right now like I need to understand how insulin works, and I definitely don't want to do whatever got Stephen thrown in jail. <laughs> so um <laughs> Which, by the way, I know you probably can't talk about, but you've teased around it enough. It's fascinating that it's about guns and sales. I'm, I'm, I'm I think so you're I was, lucky you're not. So in we jail were still. we were giving unapproved discounts for guns, which turns into embezzlement, and because it was firearms, having to deal with the the ATF, it turns into a felony, even for as low as ten dollars. So the amount is unimportant. It was embezzlement of a federally controlled firearm so it was a felony wow so so if you said <clears throat> i know nothing about guns even you know i've never shot a gun um, oh you, you should come down to the south states i'll i'll let you shoot some well let's make sure your blood sugar is nice and stable and then i'll come so um what <laughs> 114 right now <laughs> all right perfect there we go i'm in uh yeah I, I um i live in new jersey so it's even hard to find like a range to even like even if you wanted to just learn how to shoot a firearm like it's hard to yeah. do around here I think getting a license in New Jersey is next to impossible. It's one of it's one of the harder ones. Uh, Illinois, New York, California, New Jersey. Yep. They're all the top. They're the ones offenders. The the difficult. Yeah. So because I've 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 said in the past to my wife, I was like, you know, what would it hurt if we went to a range and learned how to shoot a handgun? Right. It might be like a nice experience, like fun, you know. And then we looked into it. And I was like, I can't find anywhere to even do this. So we just kind of let it go. It's strange because I have a lot of friends who are cops. So um, I think I am the only one. But uh, usually you can go to a cop's range. You should ask them. Really? We, can, we can talk later if you want to. That's interesting. So, OK. So, yeah. So back to the the part where you're a cautionary tale. You definitely are. Don't worry. You're doing your part today <laughs> for everybody. Um, but I'm just like I'm fascinated that you're you're like a new diabetic, really. Yeah. Right now. So you had a scare and then that scare made you like say, I got to pull myself together here a little bit. Yeah. Like I've got two kids now. This I I literally could have died in my daughter's bed just trying to tell her, hey, have a good day. I have to go to work. And that that really is my point is that 
that's that's it right that's the tipping point it, it wasn't that, getting, that, it wasn't yeah, getting it was, married it was having kids yeah yeah that you feel very responsible towards yeah and that pushed you through the the um what did you call it earlier um the denial about diabetes yeah it was this this is not going away i mean I, i've seen the trials for possible solutions but until those become, you know, prevalent, this, this is my life and I have to take control of it. I can't just wait. Were you waiting for somebody to cure it? Yeah. You just thought it was going to happen and then this would be over. Yeah. I, you know, pill a shot, even a once daily shot. You know, I took, I took some insulin at one point that it was like, it's pre-mixed. You take this and um, just go about your day. Regular and MPH? Yeah. yeah. That, that, I don't even remember anything about it. It was super thick. It was clear, and it came in a gray pen. Hmm. I don't know what you're but talking about. But it was about. like you took it once a day. It's interesting. I don't even know what that is. Um, it could have been lied to me. I could have not understood it. I mean, let's let's be honest. I didn't understand a lot of things. <laughs> Steven's like, I don't know. I was just injecting it. Um, do you have you had any like clarity moments in the last six months where you think to yourself about like what might come from the years of not keeping your blood sugar down? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Another cautionary thing. My my right eye is almost completely fuzzy. Um, I have I've had laser surgery on both of my eyes now. And not like the good kind where they're fixing it, the kind where they shoot a laser into your eye to try to stop it from bleeding. Mm-hmm. Um, my my right eye was completely filled with blood because the retina was bleeding um, from high blood sugars. And so now that I've got it down under control to 7, 7.1 to 7.4, um, we're going to go in and I get to get shots in my eye each two months dude i hear they i hear they work and i hear oddly they don't hurt that's that's what he's trying to tell me and i was ready to do it yesterday and he was like well you got to have somebody here with you to drive you home it's like oh yeah so i have to wait till next monday well I, I i hope that brings you some comfort i've spoken to enough people that say that it doesn't hurt so okay. i think you just have to like you have to stare at something and you can't move your eye and that's pretty much the end of it so i mean it's weird to think of but I hope you get some uh, corrective relief from it. I mean, has has it at least stopped? Like, the, oh yeah, has the decline stopped since you got your blood sugar? Yes, yeah. he he's noticed a lot of great improvement. You know, even from that the a year ago where I was at a nine point something now down to a seven. He's like, you can you can see the difference. Good. No pun intended. No, no, no. Good for you. That's excellent. Um, when your blood sugars came down, did you experience dizziness at higher numbers than you would now today? Yeah. Um, so I'm sitting at a 113 right now, and I'm kind of feeling okay. But anytime like 70, I start to get nervous, and I, I can feel it. You can feel low at 70. At 70. And as, they're like... As you were changing your, your methods, were you feeling low at like high numbers? Like where did you used to feel low? Do you or did you never get low enough to find out? I never. When it was uncontrolled, I never got low enough to like found out. Hmm. I guess I didn't have that happen. Okay. 
No, no. Just it's, now it's 70 is where I start to feel it. And did you have any um, problems from coming down? Like you did, How quickly did you come down from like 12, 14 to 9, 8, 7? Did it take months? It's probably been a year. When I, when I first got kind of like on this kick, like to kind of start getting it under control, I got the endocrinologist appointment and she was like, it's at 12.8. Right. And then I was like, okay, we need to, I bought this test kit that came with automatic renewal of test strips. So it's like, you have no excuse not to test your blood sugar daily. So I was doing that and I noticed every time I was testing five times a day, mm-hmm. like I was doing a way better job keeping my, de- my numbers closer to 120, 130, sure. even 200. But when I'd had to, when I stopped for a day or I missed a meal or something like that, my blood sugar would just shoot up. Yeah. 300, 400, 500. Yeah. You need the data. And, and so- that's when they were like, you need the Dexcom. And I was like, okay, let's do the Dexcom. And then I was like, well, I was on this Medtronic pump. What about that? And they're like, oh, there's better things now. And they gave you the control IQ. Yeah, we. she gave me the options. And at that point, the Omnipod 5 wasn't out, which has now been released. Yeah. And I was like, well, I want this thing that will stop pumping if I start to go low, because that's my problem. Yeah, yeah. So you went from around a year ago from like, I got to do something and testing. Then testing got you better. You went from 12.8 to where do you think you went again the next time you Not, went back? 9.8. 9.8. That's great. And then you add uh, CGM and uh, a pump. And then where do you get to? Where do you think you're at when you find the podcast? That, w- that was probably at the nines. The nines. Okay. And now you're just over seven. Yeah. Oh, you're going to be in the sixes next time. I'm I'm really hoping so. My, my goal was 7.0 flat, but a 9.9 would be I might have a piece of cake. You know, it's funny. You just said 9.9, but you meant 6.9. Oh, I did. <laughs> yeah. You were like, you're like, let's be honest. It's going to be 9.9. Uh, but no, you're, you're onto it now. Like you, so what did you, Stephen, can I ask what the, I'm really genuinely interested. I'm not just, I'm not fluffing myself here, which I think is a phrase I shouldn't use in front of children, but that's not the point. <laughs> um, uh, I couldn't think of I couldn't think of the clean way to say that. <laughs> anyway, um, let's just get past that. I really want to know what you heard and what thoughts moved you towards a seven A one C. Like, what did the podcast do for you? The once I was on the Dexcom at one point, and I don't know what episode I've listened to. I'm going to say thousands of it just as a joke, but I've listened to hundreds of your episodes. So there was one you're talking about. I, you give the insulin and then you wait till the arrow goes down to start eating. I had never done that. Like I had pre-shot. I was like, Oh, I'm going to eat a potato. That's, you know, five units of insulin. So I take five units and eat the insulin. I never thought, you know, 30 minutes ahead, 40 minutes ahead, you, you wait for it to start going down and then you counteract your insulin with food. I thought you always use the insulin to kind of beat your food down at the end. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. You you thought of it like, we'll set the whole house on fire, then I'll call a fire truck and try to put it out. Not what, right. what if we wet the house before we try to light it on fire. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that, and Where that was in, a big insulin thing. was being used as a defense instead of an offense. And now it's being used as an offense instead of a defense. Gotcha. Oh, that's excellent. It, was that alone enough to do this? That was, that was a big part of it was I've now figured out I have to take my insulin. I have to hit it in my pump about 45 to 50 minutes before I want to eat. No kidding. Yeah. Um, I'm that resistant. Now, I guess you said my ratios aren't bad, but well, I felt like I was using a lot of insulin for just a few pieces of pizza. Well, let me let me say this then. Let's talk about your management for half a second. Um, overnight, right? Because you might have there might be room in your basil here. So overnight, where do you sit stable? It it's been gliding. My doctor didn't like me gliding at ninety. Sorry. Don't worry about the dog. Tell your doctor to shut up. 90s great. <laughs> I I actually did. She was like, "You you've um set your your basal numbers pretty aggressive." Uh I didn't tell you to do that. I was like, "Yeah, I felt I was just a little high during the day." And so I just kind of upped it. Um but today I'm sitting stable from midnight I about crashed last night, so I took half a swig of coke and went to bed mm-hmm. but from from then till now i have been averaged 115 yeah i mean i don't know that you can i mean on control iq that's right about it, its target what's its target like 112 and a half so yeah you're doing great honestly um i mean i was it's gonna okay. say like maybe oh you're showing me hold on a second oh dude your line's nice yeah no, you're doing wonderful. Time and range set. What's your range set at? Um, 70 to 180. 70 to 180. You're in, in range. When you're out of range, are you mostly low or high? Mostly high. Yeah, then maybe. Well, my correction know, factor is 1 to 25. Card ratio is 1 to 5. I wonder if, um, I mean, maybe you're right, man. Maybe you Maybe you are a little insulin resistant from all the years of beating yourself up. Um, I wonder if there's not an oral medication that you could use along with something or, I don't know, you got to get a good doctor to really start talking about stuff like that, though. Um, Yeah, I I don't know that there's not more for you there because if you're sitting nice and stable in that 115 range overnight mostly and the control IQ is keeping you in that space, um, you know, I don't know if going heavier with your basal would help anything because if you had a little more basil, you might need a little less in your meal. Insulin is the only thing I was thinking. So you see spikes after food mostly. And we we've recently adjusted the, the carb ratio on food. Well, I mean, I'm a, listen, I think the common sense thing here is to like eliminate pizza from your diet, if I'm being perfectly honest. So what? I can't hear you. (laughs) This thing's not working. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, if you're worried about the amount of insulin you're taking, I mean, you could you could try to cut down some of those tougher foods. Um, you know, pizza is a good example, um, but higher glycemic load stuff, stuff that keeps you, stuff that makes you spike and keeps you up. I think if you, even if you eliminated a, like a couple of meals a week, you might see a big difference. That yeah. that's probably my next thing I need to get super educated on. And I need to listen to more of those on like the proteins and things like, cause I was like, if I switch to like keto or 
I forget what it was where it was the all you all you eat is protein. Yeah, like a like a low carb situation. Of some yeah, sort. if I switch to that, like, how does that affect my blood sugar? Because I was like, I could just eat a bunch of chicken patties, or chicken yeah, breasts. And I don't want your yeah. life. I mean, listen, your life doesn't need to be like that. You, you know what I mean? Like, um, have you been through the pro tips? Yes. Yeah. You you hit the glycemic low glycemic index one. I actually think that's that's one I haven't listened to, but it's coming up. Try try that one. That'll talk more about food and their impacts. And then I think you're right. There's a couple of episodes about fat and protein. There's a pro tip about it. Uh, there's a defining diabetes if you just want like a, a basic understanding of it. And then there's um, an episode called bolusing for fat. I think it's what it's called. Well, you think I would know, huh? Hold on a second. You put me. It's your show, not mine. Yeah, I'm just telling you, man. I, I'm I'm six months ahead of all of you. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know where I'm I don't at. know how you do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in my head in six different places. Hold on a second. Fat. I just searched for fat and got 600 responses. So that's probably not right. Bullising. <laughs> Bullising insulin for fat episode 471. So, um, yeah, I think you just start, start learning more. I mean, you've made such an incredible improvement in such a short amount of time. First of all, I mean, congratulations. It's, it's spectacular. Um, you must feel like a different person. Yeah. No kidding. Um, right. Yeah. It, it's fantastic. And to think it was just this, this lady at church who was just like, Oh, you should just offhandedly. You should listen to this guy. No kidding. Do you know her first name? Yes. Would you say it or no? Allison. Oh, Allison. Look what you did. Such a nice thing for Steven. It's wonderful. Tennessee, huh? That's where I was. I'm not there anymore. You're not there anymore. Okay. I'm looking for a place, Steven. I need a I need a place to retire. Low humidity, <sighs> not too much snow. Where's that place, Steven? Does anyone know? Um, my my father in law had had picked in between a couple longitudes that he couldn't move out of for retirement that met all those criteria there's like a circle around the globe really he's yeah he's he's the low low humidity no snow there's got to be a lake like he's he's got very specific goals for retirement i like the way he's thinking i'll look at it more like that forget i'm thinking states (laughs) i should be thinking longitude and latitude you're telling me right because like you're gonna get a similar weather in Florida on the same latitude longitude as you're going to get in Texas. Hmm. Wow. That's all about where you want to be. You've taught me. I've, I've just, I've been thinking about this backwards. Yeah. All right. Well, this gives me something new. I'm not there yet. I'm still reasonably young. I mean, ish. I don't know, man. I don't feel that young. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you look younger than me. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, keep my fingers crossed. Um, Diabetes will do that to you. I, well, listen, the way you do it, it does. <laughs> Put a parental warning on this episode. Oh, this is an after dark for sure. And not because of the jail, by the way. The jail thing is really nothing. It's the it, it's more of um just the you're you're being very honest about living with diabetes and not understanding it, which I really appreciate. And I think so do the people listening. Um but it could be shot I mean, it could be shocking to some people. The, to there the the DKA on a plane episode that that was it. That was the one that just broke me down into tears and I couldn't go on living the way I was. No kidding. 
That lady that, telling that you was that story. it. I remember I was sitting in a car and it came on and I listened to it in a parking lot at a Kroger. I finished it because I couldn't drive home. Hmm. Episode 478 for people wondering. DK on a plane. <laughs> uh, a, a mother bringing her daughter. Trans- <laughs> do oh, you're going to cry, Stephen? Are you okay? I'm sorry. It was really upsetting to you, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I heard, listen, when she was telling me the story, you got it. I knew it, I knew it worked out okay. And it was frightening the way she told it. Absolutely frightening. Um, what about it got to you? Are you able to tell me? Um, that, that could be my kid. Oh, okay. Like I'm, I'm diabetic. And so, you know, some people say, or at least, when I started, it was like, oh, it skips a generation. It was like, but my mom's type two. I'm type one. Grand, grandpa, granddad, one of them was was some sort of diabetic. So it obviously there isn't hard and fast rules. Yeah. So my kid, my kid could have diabetes, and that could be me. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think anybody could have diabetes, and I it skips a generation. Does not sound very scientific to me, and it never has. <laughs> um. So you. So. Am I am I to understand that you needed to understand diabetes better in case your kids got it? Yes. And you didn't want to not be there for your children as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it helped you. It, it sounds like it, it sounds like it shocked your ass right in the place. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, damn it, me a CGM and some needles. I got I gotta get, <laughs> I gotta get working here. I I have I have the kit from um, I'll shout out for your your trial net if there's still a sponsor. I've got all, the kit from them. Did you? Yeah. When you send it back in, I uh, um, I get credit for that. That's nice. okay. Yeah. Well, uh, then I'll do that. I won't just sit on the box. Yeah. Well, that you know, it's funny when we were talking about doing it together. They're like the biggest problem we have is getting people to return them. And I was like, okay, so it, my numbers it doesn't count to my number unless you send it back. Um, it's it's the fear of the answer. I've I've got the question, do I want to know the answer? Mm -hmm. Knowing what I know now and knowing what I've learned in the past year, do do I want to know and worry about it or do I want to just let it happen? I think that's Are you worrying about it anyway? Yes. Well then what's the then well, then I'd rather know. I mean unless you're living in like la la land on it, then I don't see what the argument is. You're worrying one way or the other. Who cares what you're worrying about? You'd still worry. S and maybe Stop making sense, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, I you cut me off when I said no pizza, and now here with common sense too. No, I, I like that you're right. And sometimes, you know, I'm just oppositional defiant. I need somebody to just make me realize you're right. You're interesting because I don't think you're um I I don't think that you are huh, what do I want to say? I feel like if God, there's no nice way to say this. <laughs> I'll just say it then. Different ways from Sunday. I think if somebody would have adopted you, you would have had a different life. I don't know if it's where you grew up or how you grew up or like what about it is right, but the shift you made from not knowing to understanding and talking to you today, like you're a bright person, and you you get all this, but no one introduced it to you. You know what I mean? And I'm a gamer, so keep the keep the numbers between the lines as a game. And it's easy for you now that you understand that that's yeah. the goal. Un 
understand the rules, understand the purpose, and then Just execute goal. Isn't that interesting? Well, dude, you're well on your way. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like nothing but good things are ahead of you. It's really wonderful. Seriously, I'm happy for you. What What does your wife say about it all? Um, we don't. She doesn't. We don't talk about it very much. Is that you're doing? I don't know. I would if she she asked, but um, you know, she doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can say there's in in our years of marriage, she's got up to check on me, um overnight either a low or a high maybe once or twice hmm. well you weren't paying attention to it how would she know to pay attention to R- it right i mean but when you go out to the couch and swig three cokes and then pass out you know uh, something's going on you think somebody would come poke you and be like hey are you okay dude i would think having sex with you back then would have made her blood sugar high what do you think of that <laughs> <laughs> i mean yours was really high <laughs> I don't know if you can get a contact high from blood sugars, but if you could, you were well on your way to proving it. Oh, <laughs> uh, that goes with all the, the doctor's information I had early. Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't think that's solid medical advice, what I just said there. <laughs> so so if somebody has low blood sugar, all you've got to do is, and we're done. Grab a hold of them. Yeah, yeah. But that's it. Uh, wow, geez. Dude, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to? Oh. <sighs> No. Did did anybody post any questions about the jail in the Facebook group? I don't know if they did or not, actually. Do you think, do you have some? No. I think when we started talking about this six months ago, I posted something, but I don't think anybody responded. Responded to it. Yeah, it's, it's not something I think a lot of people have experience with. It's funny, too. You know, not funny, but I, it actually makes sense. I have had four people set up to be on this program so far in, in over years who have been in prison. Like, like I'm not, listen, I wouldn't want to be in jail for 10 days. Don't get me wrong, but I'm talking about people who have been in prison for years, right? With type yeah. one. And they've been, they've contacted me. They've said they want to do it. And then they get to some level of scheduling it. And then they bail eventually. Most often I either hear um, parole issues like they don't want to say anything and get themselves in trouble or they just kind of ghost me after a while. But I've never successfully gotten someone all the way to recording who's been in prison for many years. Uh, and I don't want to completely expunged. So you can, you can try to look it up. You won't find it. I can't find you anywhere. Yeah. Nope. Wow. Well, good for you. That's excellent too. I mean, you deserve a second chance. I, I mean, I believe you when you're saying you, you kind of got led wrong by a, by a coworker. Um, but, uh, you know, nobody, I mean, listen, I'm assuming you weren't selling guns to Contras, right? You were get, you were basically giving people off a little money, like a discount on the, on the gun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, there's a regulated price they have to be, and we were giving the discount lower than that regulated price. And people hear that you, you have cheaper guns and then you do a lot of sales because of it. Even if they're only saving a few bucks, it's money saved and it gets around right. and people know. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you own guns? Yes. Are you allowed to still? Yes. Okay. I've since, since the expungement, I brought a couple suppressors too, which take uh fingerprints and background checks. So I'm fully clear to own everything. You're back to good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does your wife shoot? No, no. She she grew up doing it, and her dad likes it. That's why he and I kind of connect. And then she was just like, "I don't want to do it." 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I got you. I I try to. I'm sure my wife tries to stay away from me too. <laughs> I don't see her <laughs> when I have when I have hobbies. I don't see her be like, oh, I'll come. <laughs> I, I I more see a look on her face like, oh, he's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Super exciting. Scott's going away for the afternoon. Yay. (laughs) Well, man, listen, I don't know what you're going to do about trial net. In my opinion, if you know, then you know, then you can look out for things. Um, You know, they do have uh, protocols now that are having a lot of success holding off uh, diagnosis for, you know, for for quite some time. If they find out soon enough, that might be a, a good enough reason to find out. Um just so that you you know you can be aware might be a good enough reason to find out. And if you're going to worry about it anyway, at least you sh- your worry should do some good. I think that. I think that your next steps might be to look harder at your nutrition. Um, you know, for yourself personally, and maybe maybe you won't need to go to more and more insulin to get that A1C down farther and farther. Maybe you'll be able to impact it that way. You know what I mean? And after yeah. that, I say go for a walk. And uh, <laughs> and congratulations! You ought to throw yourself a big, a big party, man. You did something, you did something that not a lot of people do. Like seriously, man, you pulled yourself out of a deep hole, and you did it by yourself. It's pretty, pretty goddamn impressive. And and again, I do I don't want to rag on my parents. And now that my dad's like seeing everything, he's like, I should have been involved. I why wasn't I involved? And I was like, you. You were busy. You were at work. Like, you also didn't know either, right? And your mom, I, I'm going to guess this. Your mom's got type 2. It doesn't seem like a big deal, right? Because they don't really do anything. So th- there's no way to think of it as a big deal. He, it, People don't even know the difference between type 1, type 2. It's just not something they understand. Like in your dad's mind, I bet you had the insulin kind of diabetes and your mom had the pill kind of diabetes. You, yeah. you, you know, and it's just not, I mean, if you don't know, you don't know. Someone needs to step up. You know, some a doctor needs to step up and put it into perspective for you. And if you don't understand it, they should do it again and again and again until you get it. Not just say, "Well, you're not trying hard enough." You know, the death thing is real. <laughs> it's not a joke. You can you can die. Yeah, yeah. Like and and not you. So you just thought you were being scared. Like somebody's trying to scare you straight, and you're like, "Ah, I'm not falling for this." Crap. Yeah. Oh, that's that's not going to happen to me. I'm invincible. Yeah. Well, you're definitely not. You can't no. even get you can't even get away with discount a gun five dollars, Stephen. <laughs> I'm not saying shots fired. Yeah, yeah. Well, shots fired. Ooh, <laughs> you trying to you trying to name the episode? Calm down. That's my job. <laughs> um, I really, I genuinely appreciate you doing this. I really do. This was yeah. it was really wonderful of you. I and I'm super happy for you. I mean, honestly, in a way that. I mean, we're in the middle of like kind of joking around in the middle of this. You and you've talked about some serious stuff. And you started, you know, discussing your A1C, and I swear to God, I got overwhelmed. Um, I really was just, I was incredibly happy for you, you know. Um, now, now, if only I could get my insurance to stop denying the Dexcom every month. Do you have to, you, you can't get a letter of medical necessity? We're, we're working on it, but I've had to appeal it every month, and it's always overturned, but it's just a pain. Yeah, get that letter from the doctor. Um, you'll be okay. Yeah, if you have trouble with that, there's a person in the we- in the um in the Facebook group who really understands all this stuff. So you you've given me her name. Good, we've we've spoken. Good, good. She's terrific. So, um, all right. Wow, man, this is terrific. I really appreciate you doing this.
A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. I'd also like to thank Stephen for sharing his story and thank the InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. Head to InPenToday.com by clicking on the links in your show notes or at JuiceBoxPodcast.com. Or you can just type it into the browser, InPenToday.com. I'd like to thank you for listening to the show and remind you that there's an absolutely amazing community for the podcast in Facebook. It's private. It's free. It's called Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. I think there's a link in the show notes to that as well. It's an absolutely fabulous place to listen, learn, or talk about Type 1. And honestly, there's a lot of Type 2s in there too. Adults or parents, it's just a great space to talk about diabetes. And if you haven't filled out the survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox, please do it for me today. It really will only take a few minutes. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.